this is Olivia and you're listening to Bikini Drive-In on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. This past week, um, myself, Gwen Trutnow and David Knight were invited to host an, a double screening and panel discussion at the Garrick Theatre. Um, so we covered The Brood and from 1979 and Rabbit but from 1977, both David Cronenberg movies. Uh, so yeah, I want to thank uh, Sam Smith at the Garrick for inviting us to do that. And I want to thank Gwen and David for, for doing the, the panel with me. Uh, so yeah, so uh, this is a live show, uh, and we discussed David Cronenberg's 1979 film, The Brood. come from the unknown and they're here now hiding waiting to strike you can feel their presence all around you never before have you come this close to the edge of terror Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Never until now. David Cronenberg's The Brood. Are you ready for me, Frank? I seem to be a very special person now. I'm in the middle of a strange adventure. I want to go with you wherever you go. Do you? Yes. Then look! The Brood. You can run. You can hide and hope they won't find you. But you won't escape. Once unleashed, the Brood will destroy anyone who gets in their way. David Cronenberg's ultimate experience in inner terror, starring Oliver Reed and Samantha Egar. The Brood, they're waiting for you. So yeah, we'll start with David. What's your history with The Brood? Uh, I first saw it in a David Cronenberg survey course I took in film school. Shout out U of M. Thanks, David Annandale. Um, yeah, so it's been probably seven years since... I last saw it, maybe. Watched it again yesterday. Loved it just as much. Great. How about you, Gwen? I don't have a history with the brood, per <laughs> se. Um, you know, I think I watched it 15 years ago. Loved it. Um, but yeah, honestly, wasn't super familiar with it until I did the rewatch mm -hmm. within the last couple days. Um, yeah. So no, no deep history, yeah. no attachment, but it's great for so many reasons. Yeah. Hopefully we'll talk about that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it feels like Canada, which I like. Um, <laughs> it's the Canadian tax credit years of horror movies being made with a massive tax credit in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And 
they're very singular. They really feel Canadian to me. Come on up. Hi, Jack. Thank you. Whoa. Oh, man. Thank you, Jack. Crazy. Woo. What service? Thank you so much. I would love if this was interactive. <laughs> Yell at us. Shout at us. Why? Yeah. yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the most effective and depressing divorce movie of all time. Move well, over marriage story. So many personal <laughs> themes there yeah. for David Cronenberg. <laughs> I thought you meant me. I'm sorry. Have I been divorced? Um, I mean, well, I, I don't have a big history with Brood, but it was so, so fun to watch it again. Yeah. I feel like maybe it was lost on me 15 years ago when I watched it. This time it felt dreary, gray. Um, such original um, modes of murder, uh, meat tenderizer, <laughs> two paperweights, uh, themes of female hysteria manifesting in an outside womb. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Um, it's kind of great. Yeah. It's, it's a total melodrama. Oh, totally. It's yeah, a family it's story. It's so psychologically complex for Cronenberg. I mean, especially in the early days, you know, if you think about yeah. what had come before, this is a, a marked leap forward in, right. in his career. And we're going to go back in time and watch Rabid Second, which is chronologically going backwards. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So no. You're doing great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have much of a history with it either. It's kind of a boring story, but I rented it, The Brood, uh, from Movie Village, RIP, uh, and watched it, yeah, probably several years ago after reading about it in um, House, of, House of Psychotic Women in by Kayla Janis, or Kayla Janis. Um, and I feel like other Cronenberg films like Videodrome and Scanners and Dead Ringers get a lot of attention, a lot of accolades, whereas this one is like, yeah, like you said, like very complex and very dense, and like yeah. Samantha Egger's performance is so like beautiful and emotional. Incredible. But I feel like her and Oliver Reed were in a different movie. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, yeah she's in like a, a British folk horror film from the, the 70s. Yeah. She's right. given it her all. Yep. Uh, Actually, had a great conversation with someone outside um, at the beginning of the film about about Nola. I don't know if that person's still here, but it, 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 it kind of tied to what a sequel lo would, would, lo would look like. <laughs> really, though. Yeah, with her last broodlet. Yeah. yeah, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> well, so much of this film carries through into Scanners next, yeah. you know, with like the whole creating this like psychic super army through the Institute and this kind of taking these, these psychic powers to their nth degree and using them for warfare and to do your bidding in the real world. <laughs> like I could do with Oliver Reed's sauna pseudoscience retreat right now yeah <laughs> i'm fascinated by the compound yeah. and everything about it i would love to wear a beige karate suit <laughs> and do like talk therapy in front of a bunch of people i mean some of my favorite things about the brood are what it looks like yeah. i mean i'm not gonna lie it, there's a lot of really heavy themes in it that we could talk about yeah. but it looks amazing yeah let's talk Me about the wood paneling Let's talk about the avocado kitchen murder. Let's talk about the children's drawing being put over the teacher's face after she's murdered. Brutal, <laughs> brutal. There, there's just so much to love about what 70s Canadian film looks like. And 
this is a really good example of that for me. It's also winter, there's snowsuits. It Very looks amazing. It's just Frank running errands. Frank ran <laughs> runs a lot of <laughs> errands. Yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> Love his coat. There's uh, a lot of alcohol being drank in the yeah. film. And grandma. Because it was the 70s. Grandma had drunk story time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like you said, uh, The Brood is a combination of uh, high melodrama, domestic horror, and uh, body horror, of course. So melodrama is a dramatic work, uh, which the plot is basically is very sensational, designed to appeal strongly to emotions, uh, takes precedence over detailed characterization. Uh, they're usually set in the private sphere of the home and focus on um, morality and family issues, love and marriage, uh, often with challenges from an outside source, such as like a temptress or a... Uh, uh, horror often addresses the same concerns as melodrama in allegoric or uh, symbolic fashion, um, embodying social fears, anxieties, and gender struggles in literal monsters or demons, like we see with Nola. Yeah, horror. Sorry, go ahead. It's interesting. I mean, here in a lot, so much of Cronenberg's films, uh, the horror does come from outside. Um, you know, whether it be like medical science, uh, technology, whatever, but here it's located firmly within in the family in this yeah. kind of like intergenerational trauma mm -hmm. and then how that manifests through the psyche and out into the external world. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's such an interior film, Yeah, I think. Yeah, so yeah domestic horror, such like um, you can even compare it to Hellraiser or even Possession, which is another divorce movie. Yeah, I always think about Possession when I, when I think about the, the teacher. Oh yeah. In this, in the kind of doubling between uh, Nola and the teacher. Mm -hmm. Any possession fans out there? Possession. <laughs> Woo! This is so sad. So yeah, so this film obviously focuses on the toxic relationship between Nola and Frank, and between Nola's parents, and Nola and her sort of family history, and sort of this idea of like inherited rage and dysfunction, and how these toxic relationships can affect generations generations and follows themes of contamination found in other Cronenberg uh, films. Um, I had yeah. a thought at the Go end of the it. film. I think the film is really just about Frank and maybe by extension a lot of men's inabilities to deal with the complexity of female emotion and psychology. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Please, please. Okay. Challenge um, me on it. The fav my favorite part about the brood is Frank's revulsion to Nola giving birth to a yeah. manifested rage. Yeah. Manifested rage is her brood of anger and neglect-fueled psychoanalyst bullshit children in snowsuits, right? <laughs> when she gives birth at the end, he's horrified. She almost takes like pleasure in telling him that he hates that. There's something about that. I mean, like, really, if you think about this weird pseudoscience, there's something really interesting about that. Yeah. And I it's mean, like, it's when Nola's at her, like, most vulnerable, and then, then he rejects her at that point. Yeah. But she's so sad. She's okay. Like, she's you know? She's well, she's dead, but. Well, I yeah. mean, previous <laughs> to that, she's also, like, you know, like, that birth is kind of treated as, like, when an animal gives birth, she's licking the placenta and blood off of her offspring. and It's very beautiful. I mean, Seriously. was it shot no, to be beautiful? I mean, I kind of love it, but yeah. I, I think that um, maybe, I don't know, what was the intention, really? But yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I mean, are we supposed to <coughs> identify with Frank throughout the film, and especially in that in that final moment? Are we feeling his revulsion? I I don't necessarily. I, don't so. you know, I didn't I feel no. sorry for Frank doing errands at all during <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, I felt sorry for his daughter. I felt sorry yeah. for Nola being at the whim of Oliver Reed's pseudo, like weird pseudoscience, wearing a karate suit yeah. in a sauna, like place in the middle of nowhere, which like just ties into like, you know, all this like really archaic, like kind of pseudoscience and women's reproductive issues being tied to rage in the womb. Mm -hmm. And there's just like so much there. Yeah. It's very exploitative of her. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's a horror film from 1979, so like, uh, there's a lot of things going on, but yeah. I still love it, yeah. and I think it's great. So yeah, I do like the creepy therapist trope. It's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Like I like it too. You'll also see it in Sisters by Brian De Palma. Yeah, absolutely. You see it in so many films, yeah. like Goodnight Mommy, and like yeah. th there's just like th this is just like always something that's like of utmost interest to yeah. look at. But yeah, I mean, you can also see it as like a scientific cautionary tale where like these women are control like scientific experiments um where like the more men try to control control them the more like the opposite happens and the more like monastic they turn uh, yeah just following up on that like like these men's kind of attempts and then ultimate failure to to rein in yeah the complexity of the human of the the female experience and you know trying to kind of wrest some control and shape it how they want and use it to do their to their purposes, but how that ulti ultimately fails. And then there's also like an immaculate conception in it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, so exterior to her body is the sack. <laughs> there's a sack with a baby in it. How did that come to be? Um, was that the doctor's psycho, like, crap science making all of this happen? Like, why, you know? The I would love to know. Like how it happened? Yeah, kind of. Oh, yes. I agree. Like, because that's what I think about. Why is it exterior to her body? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, and completely. like the one attempt that the film makes to explain something in that weird, right. like, visioning that Frank has, uh, that memory when he's in the autopsy room, that scene is the so... The magenta autopsy. It's so the unnecessary. Alien the alien autopsy. autopsy. Any alien it autopsy video fans? <laughs> totally reminds me of that. Um, but uh, like that scene is so unnecessary. I think the film really falters when it's trying to explain really any it. of this. You like that? I liked it. I don't know. I gave it some context. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the idea of like bad mummies and sort of like this toxic family. I really like seeing bad moms and bad mummies <laughs> in film because uh, I feel like they kind of challenge this idea that like motherhood is like inherent inherent and like everyone want everyone wants to have children because like that's not true also i feel like it contextualizes within this film nola's rage because she's not just a monster she's kind of like this traumatized woman with a bad therapist that's just trying to like trigger out her yeah abuse really yeah and trauma <laughs> passed down from her parents as well that she's trying to work through it's such a reoccurring theme in film really if i think about it the psychotherapy mm -hmm. Was it your mom's fault or your dad's mm, fault? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be a bad mom? Are you a bad lady? Yeah. Because you're not dealing with that? Do you need Oliver Reed's help? 
to unleash this <laughs> is a question. But this is a reoccurring theme, not only in horror, but a lot of films. Like, female psyche has been done to death. I like when Cronenberg does it, actually. Like, I, I, I kind of enjoy his pseudoscience. It makes it more fun. It makes it not reality. Reality is really harsh and difficult. So I, I do enjoy this, like, weird, like, netherworld that he creates. Um, it's often really anatomical and, like, body, but there's also, like, a really amazing psychological side to it that, that feels fun because it's sort of fantasy based in reality. Uh, sorry, you were going to say? Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of just like thrown into it. Yeah. yeah what was their marriage like? This is a great question. Uh, not great, probably. Who yeah. was drinking cognac at two? Yeah. Probably both of them. Yep. Who was wearing an earth tone? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> and she was living in that sauna shack for nine months. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. But she... I'm she ready for the sauna up. shack. She signed herself up, which is really interesting. Oh. Is somebody... I can't see a thing. Cronenberg is still acting, FYI. Mm. Just a little tidbit. Cool. There you go. <laughs> Life. No, he's not. Um, I, I think the score of this film is so unheralded. And it's I mean, melodramatic. It's, it, it is, you know, and it's, it's done by Howard Shore, so there's obviously a lot of kind of Bernard Herrmann psycho ripoffs, very piercing <laughs> strings, but I think it's so effective. I think it was his last time working with that composer, apparently. That's too bad. I think that Cronenberg had worked with this particular composer up until this point. Mm. I think the film following this one, unfortunately I didn't do my homework and I don't know what that is, mm. was hi his departure of, but I agree, great soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, so Rabbit is next. Is it time to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, it's great. It's like a sexy rabies movie. <laughs> um. But also, it also features like a female protagonist who becomes a monster because of this yeah. like sort of creepy male figure therapist doctor in her life. Again. Um, that has like medically or clinically manipulated her. Again. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It looks great. Yeah, it looks great. 1977, Montreal, martial law breaks out. Lots of media stuff. It's great. Yeah. Marilyn Chambers, Same good performance. Yeah. Great murder weapon. Amazing. Yeah. Phallic, vampiric, M More original murder modes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Great. So is it, are we done? Are we, I think we're done. Um, anyone have anything to add? Who wants to be on the radio? Oh, yeah. Or the... Um, his relationship with his wife that he was yeah. sort of working through. Yeah, he was going time. through yeah. a messy divorce at yeah. the time, custody yes. battle. And I yeah. think he's he's pretty open about his his lifelong engagement with psychotherapy and uh, his use of it to varying yeah. degrees of success. So you can see him grappling with that. Mm. Well, who doesn't grapple as a Canadian in winter, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just need more deep V-neck karate outfits and sauna just calls. A sauna therapy, yeah. Just a tone-on-tone -tone brown turtleneck will mm -hmm. be fine. Just butterscotch. I just love talking about the colors of a yeah. 1979 horror film made in Canada. I mean, I'm very interested in, in that aspect, but mm 
perhaps that's a bit boring. Um, no, it is interesting because everything is so like muted, but then there are these yeah. like, splashes of color with like there's a lot of yellow. There's the color of the snowsuits. Yeah, but I don't know if if that's like intentional or just like they all filmed yeah the scenes in the same. I building. think so. You there know, might like have been a sale on small weird snowsuits. Yeah. During the time of making and it. And blonde wigs. And often filmmaking is like that, where it's just like, why are they all blonde? What does it mean? And it's like, really, somebody just came across a lot of blonde wigs, and that's <laughs> th that's what was on hand. And it means nothing. Um, and <laughs> I think that's what filmmaking inherently is. is um, I think especially in the 70s, when all these amazing Canadian horror films were being made, yes, there was a tax credit, but they were scrappy films, you know, and they were made to like, like with the salacious, like, you know, like warning at the beginning. And, and it was all like really commercial. So I, I don't, I don't know if anyone was really sitting around being like, everyone should wear a red snowsuit. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They were made to make money, you know, and, and they were funded by the Canadian government, which is so interesting. So um, anything within kind of that decade is they were made in like a salacious way to like sell to Americans and be, you know, extreme and like have a warning at the beginning that you might see nudity and violence. And it's, it's an interesting time in Canadian cinema. Uh, we're definitely not there right now, but I would love to see it again. So it's probably not gonna happen. There's no money, but <laughs> if anyone has the desire, you should just- Anyone has any money. You should just do it. <laughs> oh yeah, also Give it to Gwen. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll just put a hat on the stage. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much. Oh, you could listen to. I hope uh, you enjoy Rabbit. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Marilyn Chambers. It was supposed to be Sissy Spacek, but no really? one knows that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, originally, but she she wasn't available. So. She's busy. Yeah, that was his first choice. But I'm yeah. very happy that Marilyn Chambers um, was in Rabbit because mm -hmm. I think her performance is really good. Yeah, it's really memorable, so, yeah. Sorry, no. you were gonna say a thing. Oh yeah, just Do we have a listen to the radio back? show. Okay. Oh no, no. Okay. Um, when is it? Sunday's at 4.30 on yes. CKW 95.9 FM. Yes. Yeah, nice. talk about horror movies. Gwen's been on it, Steve's been on it. Sunday, drum yeah. you'll be on it someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last Canadian f uh, horror film you watched that's recent? See that? That's the problem. I could, I could ask. I could ask a lot of people in the audience that question, right? Right. American Mary, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a Soska sisters film. And they did and a remake of Rabbit. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. Um, I just think that it is harder to make genre now than it's ever been. And during that time where there was the tax credit and a lot of films were being made in Canada because of it, um, there was a, a, a little bit more freedom, to be honest. So, I don't know. I hope we can get back to that, but it'll have to be self-funded. So, if you have a rich uncle or um, you could do some fundraising. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's a bit nihilistic, but... Okay, thanks. Thank you. Good thanks night. Everyone. Bye. <laughs>
CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Our frequency celebrates diversity.